Straight up then, two quick questions. Far away. Were you recruited by Ross Graham due to your haircut and similar haircut? And what did you think about changing the name? Mate, uh... No, just straight into it, mate. We're getting straight into it today. Haircut, maybe 20%. I'd like to think that uh, 80% was based on some other attributes. Very similar um, looking men. Good looking, you're Good looking, Good looking yes. men. Thanks, Maddie. Um, mate, it's lucky I didn't have any hair to begin with based on uh, the intensity of the last 10 months. Otherwise, we'd probably all be gone anyway. And Labyrinth, mate. Yes. So, no, I'm glad you asked. Um, obviously, Almanac's name changed to Labyrinth. A couple of things, mate, that, that drove that one. A bit of a reset for the company. Um, yeah, obviously, acquisitions in Canada yeah, and moving towards, you know, um, where we want to be and where we see ourselves well-placed uh, over in Quebec and through the Abitibi Belt. Labyrinth is actually the name of one a lake on our flagship project over there that we picked up right on the border uh, and also the name of a you know, really prospective mineralization hosting fault uh, that we're going to hone in on with our drilling uh, early in 2022. And I guess on on the other side of things, um, you know, the idea of a labyrinth and the ability to solve the puzzle, so to speak, and um, obviously there's connotations there for an underground mine, which we know well, but, you know, realizing value once you unlock that that labyrinth and that puzzle um, is what we're all about. There you go. The, the Canadian branded Australian gold miner. Correct. Coming up. It's very exciting times. There, a lot has happened since our last chat. It has been. Well, we, 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 we reflected on it before. Our last chat was your, I guess, the transition from the from Northern Star to COO. Yes. And now you've um, – let me, let me give you an indication where you're sitting in the pecking order in the mining industry. And sure. this is a perfect gauge. So whenever I do an interview, Casey always asks, right, who's coming today? And what's his position? It's like, all right, Matty Nixon's coming in. He's now CEO. She's like, right, I better clean the house properly then. <laughs> so the, the the level of the the house cleanliness is purely based on your position. So since you've been promoted to CEO, she put a bit of extra touch on it today. I'd have to add that as a highlight, mate. I really appreciate that in all Casey's work. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the hardest working man in Western Australia at the moment, one of them. <laughs> As you said, there's two and a half thousand bloody ASX listed companies. I'm sure all the <laughs> CEOs are working as hard as each other. Definitely. Was the CEO promotion on the radar at all? Because you, when you rocked up to Almanex, there was no CEO. Was that on the in the uh, immediate plan, or was that um, a bit of a surprise to yourself? I guess for me personally, Matty, as we've discussed, um, you know, plenty of times, uh, always had a pretty you know aggressive and um, you know direct pathway for myself. Was given the opportunity for COO uh, at the beginning of the year with with Ormanex, um, obviously with great support from the board, and you know over the last uh, you know ten or eleven months it's been intense, but a really you know successful and, and great period for the company, and gives us a great platform from now to leverage off and into a bigger and better things um, and a bit of growth in 2022. So you know sorting out. Um, I guess the WA projects was was step one, and you know finding my feet in that regard, and making sure they're in a good position, and working with some you know pretty great JV partners, um, and looking at progressing those assets. But you know it also became apparent to really set the growth pathway for the company. We'd love to you know get our hands on you know something 100% owned and with a good 
good gold resource base that we can apply our skill set and the skill set of the team that I want to continue to build um, with the company. And that took us into, you know, the Abitibi belt, um, the Greenstone belt, quite similar for or almost identical um, geology for, you know, Kalgoorlie up to, say, Waluna. Um, so it helps me uh, as an engineer to understand a little bit. Um, and obviously, Andrew is coming on board, very familiar with this geology. Andrew Churnside, fan of the show, Correct. by the way. Big fan of the show. Um, I'm sure you'll get him on here at one point, mate. So, yeah, from there, um, you know, looked around and, and had some good introductions and, you know, where we could compete with our the size of the company and the position at the time early this year and, you know, became engaged with the, the vendor Nippon Dragon, the previous owners of the Labyrinth Gold Project and Denain Gold Project. Um, Denain we're drilling at the moment and Labyrinth, as I said, we're looking uh, into drilling from underground early in 2022. So from there, I guess, you know, again, with the board, you know, encouraging and, and greatly supporting me, which was, you know, very important, I guess, delivering that and, and setting a bit of a, a course and the rebranding and tying it all in together, putting us in a good financial position to see us through the drilling and the acquisition um, via the capital raise, you know, presented the opportunity to, to elevate into that CEO position, which the company didn't have um, at the time. and. Um, that's all gone through now, mate, and I'm yeah really grateful and, and excited by the opportunity and uh, onwards and upwards. And bloody Here we go. worn out, I reckon. You're probably not working any harder. So uh, I assume you're working the same amount of hours as CEO. <laughs> as CEO. Um, the letter hasn't changed it, the hours of output. No, it's a good point, mate. Obviously, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't have a CEO, so unique in in that regard. I suppose you're only doing one job now. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Before. That's a good point. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so nothing really moving the needle in regards to that way we still operate the same where, you know, we want to be a dynamic company, a, a small team at the moment, um, looking to grow, you know, in line with with resource growth and project growth. So yeah, probably just one letter change, mate, and, and not a lot else. But like I said, you know, really happy and, and grateful for the opportunity. Oh, I want to talk about the, the I guess, the prog progress of events, the, the sequence of how this whole thing happened because it's uh, – it's got your name written all over it because <laughs> you, know, you can just you can just tell you've obviously come in and and you've steered this new vision of where Labyrinth Resources is right now. Thanks. Man. Um, how did it all come about? The process of actually being, I guess, presented with this um, purchase opportunity, being the Labyrinth and Denain projects and Australian ASX listed company dealing with a Canadian uh, Toronto, some, uh, company on the Toronto Exchange, the purchase yep, sale, that definitely. that whole thing. It's, it sounds uh, very interesting. I know it's be very hard to sum up in half an hour. <laughs> so, there um, you go. But no, no, it, it's a good question, mate. And, um, you know, what it all comes back to, Matty, no, no matter what your field is, whether you're on site, in the office, et cetera, you know, the people around you and the people that want to support you and, and get involved um, and the team you can build or the team that you can interact with is what makes all the difference, you know. Um, resources in the ground, companies listed, share prices, et cetera, they're all there and, you know, there's mechanisms for those. But I really do genuinely bring it back to, to people and the team and that's what the entire Labyrinth company is about, um, which is important as well and, and anyone that joins us will be of the same, I guess, approach. And good segue into, you know, when we had a look as, as a team and with the board, knowing that, you know, we wanted to growth and get a uh, grow, sorry, and get our hands on a, you know, really good um, resource or project for as a platform um, where we could compete in WA, you know, either all the, you know, low hanging fruit or the assets were snapped up or, you know, there's companies paying a premium for them 
due to that limited supply. So um, through connections of Ross, Ross Graham and an introduction to Simon Lawson, who joined the board as technical director um, recently as well and um, has been a great resource for the company and you know, will continue to be uh, in his function. Um, Simon had had a look at these projects previously. Um, so he'd been over to, to Canada um, pre-COVID and engaged with, uh, with Nippon Dragon, the, the vendor, um, who had a different CEO and president at the time. But, you know, in the age of COVID where I couldn't actually get over there and do a site visit myself, to have Simon, um, you know, very experienced geologist, obviously ex-Northern Star from, from the beginning, um, who'd been there, he'd sampled it, um, he'd had a good look and, and was very excited by the prospects. Um, that was, you know, extremely important for us and, you know, gave us great confidence in the, the uh, acquisition. And again, the introduction um, through our board and through the team of, I guess, the right uh, groups to get involved in terms of capital and support in that regard. We've got a great operational or access to operational skill sets and equipment um, at the right time through North America and Canada. As I said, the people and supporters that we have, um, I think gives us a point of difference and I just can't wait for uh, everyone else to get on board with that. What about the, the transaction process? Because I know, I remember talking to you, you said you had a you had a big day at time zone with the kids following the transaction because you were literally working day and night in both time zones for a very long period to yeah. to get it over the line essentially. No, yeah, how correct, did the mate. transaction uh, how does that all work between ASX and Toronto listed company and the wheeling and dealing side of things? Lawyers, engagement, how does that all work? Definitely, mate. It was intense. Um, and like you said, I've gone and picked the location that's literally 12 hours behind. So um, <laughs> that was, uh, um, you know, all part of the, the journey. But it was a long one, Matt. Like the negotiation, you know, process that we're working through, you know, we probably started having this initial discussion in March um, and got the timing right there with where the vendor was at. You know, they'd just put the mine back into care and maintenance due to funding, basically. And for a bit of context, they're, uh, you know, they're a technology-focused company. Um, it's, a, it's a mining technology, um, but that's where all their capital and their focus had been on. But, you know, for us, it gave us a, a resource that it was untapped, basically, in terms of uh, follow-up exploration because it hadn't been their focus. Um, and also the mine was, you know, powered, ventilated, dry. You know, again, I'm looking for all our points of difference, and that's what we talk about a lot. That was one of them. Um, we haven't just picked up a great resource you know, with a prospect uh, to drill, we can access underground. So really, you know, we're really pleased with that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was many nights going back and forth. Obviously, you've got Australian law and Canada law. Um, so you've got two different teams, you know, had the, the team engaged in Perth, but also, um, again, through, through good contacts and recommendations, um, reached out to a firm, well-regarded firm um, based in British Columbia. And again, just good people around us, you know, had a, had a legal team that was willing to jump on, you know, Saturday night, their time um, to assist and get us through this process and um, got through all the commercial terms and worked out all the complexities and unwrapped all the, I guess, the um, obligations of the vendor and there was a bit of complexity around that in terms of where they had, I guess, monies owing or mortgages over the property and, yeah, worked through all that and it came to crunch time where it was let's just get this done and and that was that big four or five days where I think I set my alarm every hour on the hour um, to make sure I didn't miss any emails and um, we got it done on that. To wake that, you up. Correct, mate. <laughs> got it done on that Sunday um, and really great Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday going through the capital raise process. You know, great support from there um, from Canaccord. So it was important for us as well, um, obviously highly regarded and also, you know, with the Canada base. Um, looking ahead to the future. Um, announcement went out and... Um, yeah, excitement from there. And I think that was the day I spoke to you where 
Um, I'd been at home um, over that weekend and the, the seven days prior, but maybe not as present. So Thursday was time zone and bowling and it was a good day, good day. <laughs> You'd have been walking around like a bloody zombie boy. Yeah, you? I think I got beaten by, by two out of the three kids actually, which is <laughs> Genuinely beaten. Genuinely beaten, yeah. <laughs> what about the, the trait, like the agreeing on a price sure. to sell a mine? Is it is it as simple as bartering between when you're selling a car to someone? Is there like is it back and forth like negotiating a house price or is there a lot more to it in the corporate world? How does that go? That's an excellent question as well, mate, because, um, you know, full disclosure from myself, obviously, you know, 13, 14 years in a site, site-based role, um, you know, you, you're finding your feet with these type of things and, um, you know, with our engineering mindset and the way we approach things, I literally spent, you know, the first few months, you know, seeking for what is, where's this exact formula? It must be calculated, you know, valuations. And, and there's some guidelines there, um, but it was actually put to me, you know, how do you sell your house? Um, and when it comes down to it, it's the price that you're willing to accept. And uh, so just simple supply and demand, pretty much, and the, and the value that both parties put on it. Um, there's a lot that goes into that value. You know, forward looking at your commodity, forward looking at at the jurisdiction you're in. You know, and you apply, I guess, reductions based on risk um, and life of mine considerations. And yeah, plenty that goes into it. But ultimately, it's um, you know, how do you reach a point where it's ideally mutually beneficial and that's what I wanted to work with um, most with the vendor, Nippon, um, and Perseverance as well, Matty. So, you know, I was extremely keen and passionate and excited to get this one done, seeing, one, the opportunity of the projects, but two, what it would mean for a platform for the company to grow. So, you know, I think, uh, or I became aware that other parties had probably looked at these assets, realised their potential, but you know, had fallen away from the negotiation process because it, it was complex and it was a lot to unwrap, as I said before. But ultimately, yeah, really happy with where we reached and um, from a valuation point of view and um, having a look at, you know, around mid-year um, this year, around that June, July, looking at the reports that come out of what companies were paying in Australia and uh, in Canada for, say, gold resource ounce uh, in the ground. You know, we paid effectively a 50% value. So that gives us, you know, one, a lot of confidence in what we've um, managed to deliver. We know that the vendor is on a good pathway as well and, and what that allows them to do from a technology focus for them um, and puts us in good stead to, you know, really realise some value with ideally increased gold price and um, increased resource next year. Is there, I assume there'd be a lot of pressure on yourself and the company trying to pick the right deal because I, I, I assume that wasn't the first. I assume when you're looking to grow a company, there's numerous opportunities around sure. per potential acquisitions and you're like, is this the right one? Yeah. As you said, you can have as much, I guess, data and information at your disposal. Uh, you know, when you're, whenever you're in mining, there's a, it's just knowing, trying to figure out where that mother load is. You just don't know. Was there were there other opportunities on the table, and like this had to weigh up. This was our best one, or this was, I guess, a, a clear favourite. Yeah, I guess you mean was this the Maccabi Diva three dollar short price in the <laughs> Melbourne Cup? Mate, if uh, when I bet on short price favourites, they lose. So ideally, it wasn't that. <laughs> Hopefully, one. not in mining. <laughs> not not in mining. But um, now again, like you know, there's there's opportunities everywhere, you know, and um. You can rule out some straight away, and it may be because a party's already ahead of you, or a party, a, you know, a company or a group 
um, there's a lot larger, say, market cap or in a better position, you know, just purely get straight in there. So, you know, you can rule out some straight away. But again, uh, you know, with these particular ones, what probably put them at the front of the queue very quickly was, you know, timing. Timing is everything. That's uh, one thing I've you know, been aware of, but more and more so week on week in this role. You know, a month earlier, you know, for, for Nippon Dragon, the, the mine was still in production with a plan. You know, they had a bit of a plan there. You know, a month later, someone else might have swept in. So, you know, timing was key. March, late March, early April, when we started having these conversations, um, you know, I was a couple of months in and we'd had some good, as I said, strategy discussions with the, with the board, introduction to Simon, um, the fact that Simon had been there, um, you know, make, makes all the difference and away we went. So, um, yeah, there, there is plenty. And, um, yeah, again, uh, your, your network uh, helps a uh, helps a lot with these because um, you may just need access to the right person to have these initial discussions. So again, bringing it all back to, to people and um, Roscoe Graham that we we both know really well and obviously is a big part of uh, Labyrinth and has been you know with Ormanex from day one and you know very important for the company. Yeah, you know, one as a shareholder and and two from the development side of things um, along with with Foldsy with Mick. If you look in Roscoe's office, there's literally a a massive uh, map of the world, mate, and there is uh, darts all over it. Oh, so, really? Yeah, Rosco, really interesting. Roscoe's to see. targets. Yeah, there is. So, um, and again, it's uh, Roscoe has the approach of you know why not? So some might be large, some might be for the future. Nine out of ten in one area might not work out, but you find that one and you get access to it. And and you know we've seen plenty of companies go on that that journey very quickly off the back of a good asset and a good team, and that's what we're looking for here. Yep. Oh, God, can't wait to – I know Roscoe's story isn't finished because he says oh, he's got a little, a couple of chapters to close, but um, Definitely. that's going to be a ripper yarn when we get him on for to the Roscoe start-to-finish story. It will. It'll it's, be an impressive gonna, one, mate. You could write a book on that. <coughs> yeah, God, yeah, there's an idea. I might get the rights to the Roscoe book. <laughs> now, tell us about the Labyrinth, uh, I guess the Danane and Labyrinth, because oh, people are probably aren't aware that obviously you're drilling the Danane project at the moment, but the Correct. actual Labyrinth project is the 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 flag the upcoming flagship. Yeah, definitely. Hence, hence the name. And they're already getting VJ Danane, so that's – I hate to say what you're going to be getting at Labyrinth. Very exciting. Tell us a bit about, I guess, the resource. I know you said it wasn't Jork, a Jork resource sure. yet, but the, yeah. their resource gave it at seven grams. T- tell us a bit about, I guess, the number. Oh, just treat me like a bloody uh, fund, mate, that you're trying to get to buy some shares off you. Of course, <laughs> mate, of course. No, so um, as you honed in on, Matty, with Danane, um, so that's the, the Greenfields project, you know, we, Labyrinth Gold Project, you know, previously Rockmec was uh, the main acquisition, you know, with the, it had a um, NI43-101 resource, so the Canadian equivalent of JORP, yep. slightly different criteria, et cetera. Um, but yeah, just over 2 million tonnes at 7.1 grams, as you said, for, you know, 480,000 ounces. So really good platform there. And, you know, very limited drilling, nothing really in earnest since um, 2010 when the resource was put out. Um, so we had some immediate follow-up targets there including uh, two loads currently identified as two loads called the Boucher structures along the Labyrinth Fault, you know, over four kilometres in strike across our, through our tenements or our claims and, and into uh, Ontario. So, you know, that, that is the, the one that gives us a, a heap of excitement, um, you know, both uh, resource at depth um, out in these new structures, which weren't, you know, predominantly weren't included in the 2010 estimate. 
um, as well as looking at, you know, neurology or the neighbouring mines and, um, you know, one of the things that took us to um, this region in the first place is, um, you know, they're probably, say, call it 10 years behind insofar as honing in on projects that were, you know, shut down or, or put in care and maintenance, you know, a couple of decades ago when the gold price was US 600 bucks or less an ounce. Mm. You know, we've gone through a lot of those in WA, if not all of them, um, and revisited them, um, you know, a lot of the names that we know at the moment that are doing really well. Um, there's a heap of upside and opportunity in that regard over in Quebec and Ontario through the Abitibi region. So, you know, we're looking forward to, to getting in amongst that as well uh, at the right time. But, you know, around 450 metres, even 400 metres, is when a lot of these neighbouring mines saw increase in, in width and also grade. Um, so, you know, underexplored, on the labyrinth project so we'll we'll get straight into that and some really good hits down at you know call it 450 480 meters on those bush air structures that i was, I was talking about so yeah cannot wait to get uh, involved with that um, we're targeting underground drilling you know late january early feb so everything at the moment um, great team on on ground uh in canada so um as i said it's all about people and and you know that was a big part of the due diligence as well obviously when can i access it and, and when can i get over there and um, get involved. So managing from afar, you need you need the right people. So to have uh, John Eve, Sylvain, and Kerry, who all you know, Quebec, Ontario residents, all French speaking, really important in our region. They understand through their different backgrounds of project management, uh, shift boss, and also you know CEO and um, acting president of, of Nippon previously for John Eve's. You know we've got great coverage of all the regulatory requirements, operational requirements, things like suppliers and relationships with First Nations, which is obviously critical for us. Um, we're in a really good spot, which enables us to hit the ground running. So I want that to be a point of difference for us and, and we're well underway. So literally this week, we're reestablishing you know, natural gas, heating, obviously a big thing. It's I think it's negative 18 today over there. So Ooh, lovely. different climate. So working through all that um, and just getting the mine back ready to host diamond drilling working through in parallel the design of that program, you know, five or 6,000 metres initially to generate that jork resource and convert then I-43 and ideally grow at the same time, targeted for 2022, and um, engaging or, or expressions of interest um, will put out very quickly for diamond drill contractors from an underground point of view. Um, so, yeah, all happening, mate, and uh, all at the right time. And as I said, really rapid for us. We, we don't want to sit idle. We want to be agile. Um, and it was really important that, you know, following the period of, you know, a long period of negotiation and then finalisation of shareholder meetings, et cetera, the capital raise, getting all that done to announce completion and the same week announce that we'd commence drilling at Denain was really important for us and, and something we're quite proud of, working in parallel with everything else. So Denain is surface exploration, so really prospective. There's two outcropping veins there, just north and south. Um, but... You know, having a look and, and doing our due diligence as said uh, during the year you know the um, potential for repeat structures um, was definitely present to us or indicative to us and the fact that you know unique compared to what we're used to operating currently in wa to be able to see both structures on surface um, is is excellent and a bit of a point of difference so we got drilling there straight away as i said um, initial phase of around 1200 meters and we've immediately flowed through into our second phase which will be around three and a half thousand. So we've actually increased that a little bit based off some pretty exciting initial, um, you know, core and, and intersection of VG, as you said. Um, 
So VG stands for both very good and visible gold. Correct. So visible gold and, uh, you know, assays are obviously the truth machine, um, but we're looking forward to those coming through. You know, we've got a nearby two access to two labs nearby in Valdor. Um, you know, circa 30 k's away with good relationships again with them. So looking forward to those coming through and reinforcing, you know, what we've seen from a you know, drill hole core result at the moment. Um, but most importantly, to have the visible gold intersected on a not the north and south, so another hosting structure. So we need to do a bit of follow-up work on it. Um, but again, a bit of excitement around, you know, what is quite a Greenfields, you know, supplementary project as part of the acquisition for us at Denane. So what 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 um down old depths was that intersection? I guess RL below surface were you intersecting VG at the start. Yeah, so you, I'd have to check the exact uh vertical distance mate, so don't quote on me quote me on that one, but it was circa 23 meters down hole. Oh, so very yeah, so very correct. shallow. So literally we're targeting the the north vein with that hole, but we set up in between the two and you know target depth was we were nowhere near and we've hit this other structure. So um, we also believe there's an additional, at least one more structure to the north of the north vein sitting yep. outside that profile. And phase two is all about giving us a really clear understanding and you know, some good spacing to have some you know, indicated um, category resource when we generate the maiden jork resource in 2022 um, on the back of these drilling programs. Um, you know, so circa 500 metres in strike across you know, 350 metres wide and down to a depth of 150 to 200 metres. We'll have a really good initial picture of, of um, the opportunity we've got in front of us. Um, oh, how easy is that? That's sounds nice easy, mate. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Shallow so, is good. Shallow is good. Correct. Depth, so, um, depth, like gra- I know grade is uh, grade is king, but depth is very a very close second, I think. Yeah, and obviously, um, yeah, a lot lot to play out um, over the exciting you know next six, nine, twelve months. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, we really think it's it's positive. Obviously, underground mining is our niche, and and what you know, our company can bring a point of difference to from a you know all technical and operational elements. Um, but as you said, to have some near surface opportunity, um, and yeah, a Quebec um, jurisdiction that's really supportive, yeah, of mining and exploration in general. Um, yeah, we're really happy and looking forward to um, what we've got our hands on, mate. Though the process of converting the NI forty three into Jork, yep. What is that process? Is it do you is it do you have to re-drill it? Can you use the old core or reanalyze? What's the process? The process there? was uh tapping Simon on the shoulder and uh recruiting <laughs> Andrew Chernside. Um no, so good question, mate. So look, there is scope and, and I'm sure it's been done plenty of times. Um, you know, particularly at Labyrinth, you could take the existing NI43 resource, which has obviously all the, you know, the important drill database with all the historical drilling and everything completed to date, and you could convert that to JOR. But, you know, ultimately, considering that was in 2010 as well, we want to include all recent drill results, albeit a small amount, and add our own to it to really get the picture that, you know, obviously Simon and Andrew and what we want and expect in terms of how we categorise a resource and how it's assessed um, and put, put their name to it or our name to it. So we'll have our drilling program supplement or go in with the uh, historical resource and create a jork, um, maiden jork for Labyrinth. And Denane, bit unique, no no resource previously. So some historical drilling, you know, through 60s, 70s and 80s. And, and these results are there. But um, again, if you think of the quality of assessment of that core, um, it's all, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. We can't access it. We can't see it. Um, so we've got, you know, historical databases. But um, from a risk point of view and, and also a diligence point of view it'll all be 
you know, they have an input, but it's about making sure we've drilled and got a, a clear understanding of, I guess, our picture of things. Um, and then we'll put a, a joke resource to that as well. So, because I remember you saying before, it's not potentially previously lower goal prices, they weren't identifying your, your lower grade halos around the main structures, which, you know, at two and a half thousand bucks an ounce, these halos become economical now, don't no, they? No, it's a good point, mate. And, um, you know, more particularly as well, uh, you know, the techniques they had available for sure, but, you know, cash, I guess, uh, confined or limited companies previously um, that have, say, owned these projects, you know, with assays comparatively actually being um, drilling's, are, um, I guess, comparable or if not better, but assays are, can be a little bit more expensive. Um, you know, they would only sample potentially the pure, I guess, quartz structure that they could, you know, see to the naked eye and was really apparent. But there's, you know, mineralization and, and clear indication of um, gold hosting, um, again, mineralization outside of that. So, you know, you're looking at increased width. And so we'll be taking, you know, full, uh, full samples of um, of the holes to make sure we capture everything that, that's existing and get a really yeah, good understanding, good picture. So challenges of a CEO at the moment, besides <laughs> um, trying to fit so many bloody hours in the day, <laughs> that'd be one of the biggest challenges. You've, um, I guess, you've got these these assets now yep. that, that Labyrinth own, um, and you. I guess you you you're believing in them. You like you see all the potential of exploration potential. You you're hitting VG. You've got the numbers to support it. What's the biggest challenges now about growing the the company and the share price? And with um, as you say, you're competing against two and a half thousand other bloody ASX listed companies. What are the biggest challenges there? Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, I think we were chatting offline before. You know, you can. I was, I was given advice, you know, before I even started on the journey at the start of the year, you know, don't get caught staring at that share price, you know. Obviously, it's important, but it, it's important at certain times, you know, particularly when you're looking to grow the company from a capital point of view, um, et cetera. But you, you want to see it trending in the right direction for sure. And most importantly, you want to feel like it reflects the value of your company and your team and the projects that you've got. So I'm sure not alone. I'm sure plenty in the same position say the same thing. But I genuinely feel, you know, it's not at that point at the moment in terms of, um, you know, the value I see with what we have our hands on and the company that we're, we're building versus share price. But the market's a really interesting thing. And I'm, uh, you know, an extreme long way from any form of uh, expert on it. But obviously, you know, watching closely and, um, you know, trying to pick it up week on week and, and talking to the right people in that regard. Um, you put a lot of focus into it um, to have something completely out of your control, which ultimately it is, um, influence you in a positive or a negative way. So where I've kind of set myself and, and where you know, the board and um, the Labyrinth team have set ourselves is that our results will um, generate the, the market cap and the, the share price increase accordingly at the right time and as we move through 2022 and beyond. So that, that's probably the approach. As I said, otherwise you can spend a lot of time and energy on something that you know, is is outside of your control. So. You got you got to delete the Comsec app off your phone. I think. Correct, that's mate. That's yeah. the Casey's the same. She's yeah. checking shares every day, and she so. thinks we've got to sell them every time they go down. I said, <laughs> delete the app. Stop looking at it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but you're you're trying to compete, as you said, with with a lot, and you know you need to get your name out there in the right way, um, and understandably, but you know we're all the same. People want to see results to. You know, reinforce their investment decisions so like i said this year has been about you know demonstrating that we've uh 
sort a lot of things out um, in the background there. Um, we've got our hands on you know, two great projects um, in, a, in a highly prospective region, um, the team that we've got, um, the great board um, and the team that we're going to continue to build you know, with an operational and a you know, great skill set and access to, I guess, really key functions and, and groups throughout North America and Australia as the company grows and the things that we'll need at those points. You know, we've, we are really happy with where we sit. So it's about making sure people are, are following that story accordingly. And when we come through the results that we're you know, confident and looking forward to, then uh, ideally they get on board and support in that regard as well. Yep. Now, I appreciate you answering all these questions that I'm making up as I go. This is how <laughs> these interviews roll. And yeah, of course, just mate. want to make everyone know how like there is Matty's just rattling these off off the top of his head, which is shows how bloody dedicated he is to this cause. Seven a seven gram resource yes, mate. to a Canadian mining company. Yep. Compared to what we perceive a seven gram like like seven grams to me in a shallow resource so that's pretty good that's 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 a good goal that's a good grade gold what what's a seven gram shallow resource to a canadian mining company look like did that do they do they see the value of the project the same as um labyrinth resources sees the value of that project yeah, with with reinforcement from current results or recent results, which is obviously what our focus is at the moment. So, um, and you know, obviously mining is expensive, and people are aware of that. And you know, you need the appropriate resource behind you before you start having those conversations and doing that work. So, you know, if and when and we get to the point with this resource, that's again a highlight of our point of difference and our skill set. We know we can bring value to the operational. Um, side of mining, particularly underground mining, and, and we're really excited and looking forward to that. But we've got to work through these processes first to make sure we've got a really good handle on the resource as, as number one priority. But again, with the size of resource, as I said, the jurisdiction is important, Maddie. So with the government really supportive of exploration and again, supportive of mining, they know it's an important you know pathway for the future of uh, their economy. And um, obviously the world needs it, you know, even targeting we talk about you know the um, 2050 targets for carbon etc you know all those targets can only be met if at all with um you know a significant increase in um mining output you know so all, all this plays into it and the assessment of the resource but you know really supportive in terms of or really well set up sorry in terms of um you know mining support um labor support you know Plenty of toll treatment mills, which is a, an interesting one and probably a bit different um, to where Western Australia is or the goldfields are at the moment. You know, within, call it a, an 85 to 100k, um, I guess, radius, we could probably list six or seven mills that have toll treatment capacity of various sizes as well. Some that would be, you know, high output, you know, not, not at that point, you know, in any short amount or medium term, um, but some that we could definitely hone in on at the right time and, you know, I guess, assist in supporting a move to operational capacity at a point in the future. So, so is that is toll treatment is that um, <clears throat> mills that treat numerous mines or? Correct. That, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, different, I guess, mechanisms for um, agreement structure there and, you know, whether it's a, a royalty setup or a per tonne and, and all these things can be worked through. But to have those available, and we did a fair bit of diligence on that through the transaction process um, is, is great for us to know uh, in the future. Um, looking ahead and also just for the region in general, you know, for other opportunities. And as I said, you know, unique over here compared to WA at the moment where, you know, milling capacity is highly sought, yeah, and, and pretty scarce. So what's important there as well 
again, if you look at, you know, strategic plan and, and you know, jumping way ahead. But, you know, environmental footprint and the, the footprint that we're leaving, to, you know, plus the cost considerations um, to have options other than, you know, setting up your own mill or, or trying to construct your own mill, which is, we've seen recently, considerable cost and time and can really be the, the make or break for a project, you know, getting off the ground. So again, all these things, you know, we've considered, we've covered and you know, look forward to when they become you know, critical decisions for us. But we're, we're well placed with where we are. What about the Canadian mining landscape um, in terms of, of depth? Like, you know, depth depth is a considerable driver in your mining cost. It sounds like your, your resource is, you know, at the moment pretty pretty shallow. Is, yeah. have, is there deep mines in operational mines in Canada or like, is everything pretty shallow over there? Like where's, what's your understanding of the landscape over no, there? No, so there's, um, you know, probably pretty similar, mate. There's some really large scale open pits, um, some well, well known, um, Canadian Mel Arctic is actually on the same fault structure or gold hosting structure that Denain sits at the abutment of. Um, so obviously a, a good, um, good position to be in, in that regard. Um, you know, and that's the largest producing gold open pit in Canada. So some really large scale open pits, but as with the the way the world you know, needs to trend and mines need to trend as the, the low hanging fruit, you know, is either snapped up or already well underway or, or potentially coming to an end, you know, underground we see as a future. And um, I think a lot of people are becoming attuned to that, um, obviously has the, the cost implications, but you can't underestimate the importance, particularly in some pretty pristine country of, of where we're, we're sitting um, to have the ability to have a low footprint, you know, um, with a lot of outcropping veins as well. Um, I'll, I'll have to show you a photo of the uh, labyrinth portal, but it's literally, you know, just cut straight into the side of a bit of a hill, bit of a rock structure, and um, the decline was following the ore. So I cringe at the profile. It probably looks like one of yours. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, sorry, mate. They haven't got any better. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, again, unique for us. So to be on ore straight away, if you'd like to be, um, and a bit of a different approach, but, you know, again, unique and a point of difference and, and um, you know, it could be great for us or, or we see it as only an upside for us. So, yeah, you know, neighbouring, there's a mine called Kerr Addison, um, I think was put into you know, basically suspension uh, in the late 90s. Um, but that was over a kilometre vertical um, as an underground operation. So large sale gold, um, there was a copper presence there as well. And, you know, no one's really revisited that. So when I spoke about opportunities, you know, who knows what's at, at his example, that Kerr Addison mine that's around 22 k's away from us, um, effectively the, our, our nearest neighbour, you know, what opportunities are there at a gold price three times as much as when it was probably shut down in the late 90s. Yep. So, yeah, plenty going on, mate. And, um, yeah, I think we've seen even in recent fortnight the presence of, you know, all year, yes, but in recent fortnight the presence of WA uh, gold companies finding their way into the, the same region. Um, well, I think, I think I've read, a, um, I read that Northern Star have followed Labyrinth into <laughs> Quebec, uh, I, uh, Labyrinth being the leader into this area. That's probably the only one I times. won't provide a comment on though, Maddie. But <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be happy to put that as a headline. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I think my phone will ring pretty quick. But um, no, in all, all seriousness, um, you know, that, that's a great sign, you know, that um, it reinforces what we, you know, what we knew and, and we felt that, uh, you know, at the start of the year, we're, we're probably saying, well, we're ahead of the curve and we're looking in the right areas. And obviously Northern Star in a completely different position. Um, you know, Silver Lake just uh, acquired the... Um, debt facility for a mine called uh, or for Heart Gold, um, their sugar um, 
sugar mine. So that's in Ontario. Um, again, that's an existing underground operating mine with a with a mill. Uh, I think it was you know, commenced in 2019. So um, yeah, there, there's other you know, more advanced companies looking in the region as well, and um, it's a sign that yeah we're, we're on the right track and uh, reinforcing what we yeah, what we firmly believe. So you know the Northern Star um, asset that they're you know potentially looking at a 50% JV in the future um, is a couple of hours north effectively of Denain. So. Which is a big bloody Aussie reunion potential over there. Potentially, isn't it? mate, for sure. You'd be for absolutely sure. chewing at the bit to get over there, I assume. I am, mate. Yeah. Um, as it as the temperature goes uh, towards oh, your summer trips 40, only. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> um, but no, we are, and um, like I said, it's been really important to have such a good team on the ground early on, so that we can um, progress rapidly. But um, targeting, you know, late February, um, early March, so in line with making sure um, you know, borders and everything as best we can uh, envisage are, are sorted. Um, and we'll be over there um, having a good look around and, and yeah, first step of um, getting access to some of the opportunities we see as well, mm. um, both with our existing projects and, and everything else that's around and, and making those introductions. And you can do a lot over Teams and Zoom, but, but only so much. So really looking forward to um, having those face-to-face -face interactions. And, um, yeah, that's where these, these great partnerships can be formed. When, when the borders do open and this whole weird world is a history, uh, what, what, what's your, I guess, what are your plan at being a, a CEO in another country? What do you envisage of, I guess, your frequency of visits over, over to your main project? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a good question, mate. And, um, well, you know, pretty well, like I'm constantly reflecting and trying to seek, you know, um, you know the viewpoint of, of key stakeholders on on everything we're doing and, and make sure that they're supportive and on that particular question i, I have approached um you know, some very experienced people and i literally get a 50 50 response you know so um in a ceo capacity uh, obviously asx listed market facing role um you know our supporter base although we've grown it internationally and into north america is predominantly um you know australia so you know access in that regard and, and on the time, same time zone etc um, is really important um, however you know being based over in uh, Quebec um, as an alternative or you know in the Abitibi region um, and potentially taking the family across um, I think shows a, a really strong sign of, of what we believe um, is there for the company in terms of growth and opportunity um, and you know something I'm, I'm quite keen to do or, or at least consider um, so, you know, that, that could be on the cards, Matt. What will drive that as well is, um, you know, progression of the um, projects in regards to drilling and jork resource and the results coming through. Um, and, uh, yeah, who knows, mate? Watch this space. So There you go. Oh, at least we've got, we've got somewhere to bunk if we decide to go for a ski holiday then. This is correct. I've never seen snow personally, so uh, I'm learning very quickly. Um, <laughs> I think you'll get over it pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm trusting that the guys aren't pulling the wool over my eyes with all the snowplow trucks and everything that I bought, but... Um, no, it uh, it is. It's a. I, I keep thinking of the Simpsons there. episode that Mister Plough. We'll have to get you a Mister Plough. Yeah, I've, I've got. Well, yeah, I've got. I've got the guy for it. So, um, but yeah, you know, unique, right? And um, exciting at the end of the day. I, I've explained. You know, we spent our whole career trying to cool mines down. This is the exact converse. You know, it's um, yeah, no heat cards over and, there. Yeah, correct. So, uh, yeah, so we'll get we'll get over there in February and uh, you know get our grounding and and. Um, meet the right people and, and start to build that 
network and team um, as well as the projects and uh, who knows from there. So as we've touched on um, when we talk about teams, you know, family, the number one team. So I'm fortunate there, you know, really supportive um, wife and Jess and you know, happy to do whatever as, uh, um, and, and go along for the ride and adventure. And um, my oldest Harper has threatened to chain herself to the letterbox, but um well that's a bit extreme yeah yeah she yeah she is extreme um but no they're, they're at the right age as well mate so um in terms of nine five and three so could be a bit of an adventure for us but it'll be uh ultimately you know with the board working out what's best best place and best value for for myself and, and my role for labyrinth um yeah because it's that. interesting the way you say it you're um do you be closer to the project or do you be closer to the investors? Correct. But your investors could be all, they're not just Australia, oh, they could be all over the bloody world. That's right. Like I said, pre predominantly at the moment, Australia, but, you know, looking at where we're, we're growing into and we've got um, some great support out of um, a couple of, you know, um, key investors based in North America at the moment. Mm -hmm. So really looking forward to meeting them and um, obviously open up a whole new network for us and, and tapping into those opportunities that we, we know are there. Um, that we think we can add value to and apply our skill set to. So, um, yeah, yeah, um, fair bit to play out, but uh, you know, happy to do whatever and, and what makes the most sense for, well, yeah, you know, for I, Labyrinth and, and for, for family. So. Well, Scotty, yeah, Scotty Williamson said you got it's all about following the money, isn't it? And referred on by these, as he said, over these overpaid uh, commissions for these <laughs> middlemen brokers that are showing you where the money is. It was a bit of a sour point for him, how much they bloody charge those brokers. For sure, <laughs> but, you know, important cog in, in the wheel, you know. So, um, and obviously Scotty's been doing that a while and at it I for suppose a while. he's been on the other side as well. So, yeah, um, yeah that's right. But, um, yeah, ultimately it was about, again, you know, firm, a lot of diligence, firm, belief from from uh, the labyrinth theme and um from there you know we've got the access to the capital that allows us to go implement that strategy and and deliver the results in due course and reinforce um get everyone on board with what we know is there so now we've got a really good supporter base mate and yeah i look forward to rewarding them um in the, the years to come yep oh buddy watch i think key thing of the this chat watch this space stop code lrl everyone Thanks, have buddy. a look. I can't give financial advice, but all I can say <laughs> is have a look at LRL. Exciting times ahead. No, I really appreciate it, mate. Always great to chat. Yes. Um, oh, great, plenty more to come. For us. Plenty there is, more to there come. Is, mate. So. I look forward to getting on this, uh, uh, I guess, uh, presenting the journey as it unfolds. It's very exciting. Likewise, mate. Look forward to it. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks, Matty. Cheers.